Stages of labor, hormones of birth, and timing contractions are not the most important or effective ways to learn about physiologic birth. And chances are, you've learned some of that, and you still have questions about what to expect from birth. And these questions linger because the sources that are teaching childbirth preparation are only offering facts about labor and birth created to enable the medical system to justify the use of interventions to speed up labor despite the injuries experienced by mothers and the disruptions to the mother-baby bonding. Before birth became a medical procedure that needed these guidelines and metrics, women were shown physiologic birth instead of charts and graphs and tables. Today, we have the benefit of merging traditional physiologic birth knowledge with what is useful from research and evidence And this has been the key to helping my students and clients avoid things like tears and traumatic birth injuries and go on to have fulfilling natural births. If natural birth is calling you, merging traditional physiologic birth with learning modern knowledge may be the answer to your lingering questions. And you can begin the journey of seeing physiologic birth with a free class that will introduce you to the three P's of physiologic birth that help my students and clients avoid tearing in only 15 minutes so you will know why you can trust your body to give birth without injury. After watching this 15-minute video, you will know what physiologic birth really is and why learning the stages of labor, lists of hormones, and cervical dilation rates is just not enough, the most common points in labor where tissue damage tends to occur, and how to use the three Ps of physiology to prevent the causes of tears or episiotomies. And you will learn the difference between being 10 centimeters and being ready to push. After seeing the physiology in this way, one of my students, Sarah, said, simply mind-blowing. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I want to share this with all of the birth professionals that I have ever met, as it is so clear to me now how we have all been missing the big picture. And Cassie said, I took four courses, and yours is the one I walked away with feeling the most empowered. Very specifically, the physiologic birth part where you show the slides of where baby is. Having known what baby does in that dance with the pictures, just let me trust the process so I never felt worried. So if you'd like to learn more about what Sarah and Cassie are talking about, you can get started with this very special and unique physiologic birth training for free at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash free class. I hope to see you there. We delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit to the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. Maya Angelou Hello, my friend. I hope your wanderings through autumn have been fruitful and nourishing, as if you're listening to this podcast when it's published, we are in the season and energy of nourishment itself here in the Northern Hemisphere. And as we in the U.S. are also on the cusp of our special day devoted to gratitude, I wanted to spend my time on today's episode talking about the blessing of birth, which might take us into some interesting and unexpected places. So I hope you're ready for that on today's episode of the Unschooled Home Birth Podcast. Welcome to the Unschooled Home Birth Podcast, where we throw away the conventional birth textbooks and talk all about home birth from philosophy of nature, life, and deep universal truths. I'm Tristan, the creator of the Natural Birth Compass online childbirth course and Circle Magic for Home Birth. And I'm coming to your ears with perspectives of birth from across time and cultures to help you become more informed and confident in your home birth. So grab your mug, fill it with your favorite tea, and let's get unschooled about home birth. Welcome back to the podcast. I am looking forward to spending some nurturing time with you here today. 
I have been really busy recording some exciting interviews to bring you in the months to come on the podcast here with some of my favorite people in the birth world and some people I'm newly meeting here on the podcast. I also have just recorded another amazing birth story from one of my students to share with you soon. And I even have some fantastic people who are coming from outside of birth work who share some wonderful insights about topics that should very much be a part of pregnancy and birth. So I'm busy editing some of those and still some of them are coming up here to be recorded and I look forward to sharing those with you very soon. Today, however, I wanted to talk about the blessing of birth because there's probably few things, if any, that could be more of a blessing than a new baby being welcomed into the world. Now, I'm sure I don't need to expand upon that, as you probably know there are many, many ways this is expressed throughout the world with all kinds of ceremonies, celebrations, customs all over the globe honor the birth of a new human being into the world to offer blessings to the new baby of health and wealth and longevity and prosperity, whether it's through religious tradition or a cultural ritual or a cultural tradition or a combination of both. And while we generally spend most of our time focusing on what a blessing a baby is, I think it's important to remember that the experience of pregnancy and birth is seeped in blessing. And I say that because the etymology of the word bless is a bit mysterious. And for centuries now, scholars do not entirely agree on the history But one accepted origin story is that it comes from the Old English, the pagan English, and was then adapted into the Christian terminology later. If we understand the ancient use of the word, it's possible that it was used to describe a blood ceremony at a pagan altar, and it may relate to the Old English or Germanic word bloton, I do not know if I'm saying that right, which means sacrifice. Now, etymology and language are complex subjects, as our pre-modern world had a different relationship with language and words than we do today. Many words used in older languages had a much broader meaning, and there would have been a more contextual use with many of the words, because people had a different relationship with words in a time when our senses were more connected with the natural world, and we didn't live in such a literal context where everything has a specific meaning and has to be proven by lab experiments and have a very literal description that can be marked as right or wrong. And while I have a passion for etymology and could go on and on about it, and the history of words, how they held a different kind of meaning for our ancestors than we understand today, and how we so often misuse language today, I am not an expert in this topic, and I won't try to offer you a lecture on it. But I did think it was interesting to tie in the history of where this word blessing may have come from, and now I want to continue on with our idea of the blessing in birth. If we see pregnancy, the creation of life, the ability of a woman to hold and grow life in her womb, and then gift that life to the world, even with our modern limitations to see beyond what's literal— We know this is deeply tied to blood and is just one of the connections to blessings. And as I discovered in working with my mentor many years ago in Chinese medicine, pregnancy and birth through this lens was considered a sacrifice made by a pregnant woman who's giving up a piece of herself. To simplify what that means, she is giving up her own physical substance, what we might contextualize here as blood, 
in order to create a new life that she will give to the world in the ritual of birth. Two more connections, sacrifice and ritual, that tie pregnancy and birth to the word blessing. And when all of this comes together, this whole experience, creating life, growing life, birthing life, this is all a blessing. A sacrifice of blood ending in a ceremony or ritual to offer something beautiful and meaningful to the world. Kind of a big deal, right? Sadly, while we give lip service to pregnancy and birth being a blessing, most of what our culture focuses on when we talk about blessings is the end, the baby in the arms, which is of course a blessing and of course it's an ultimate gift. But without offering the blood and honoring the blood, without honoring the sacrifice, without acknowledging the importance of ritual for pregnancy and birth, could we be devaluing the experience women have during pregnancy and as they cross the threshold of birth itself? You've probably guessed that I think we do, which is why I'm here today talking about this. I think women who don't have the kind of support that honors the incredible sacrifice they're making in pregnancy, but are instead just going through their ordinary experience of life with nothing but extra prenatal visits over the next nine months, those women could be more prone to having At best, an uncomfortable pregnancy, but worse, they might be more likely to have complications in their pregnancy or their birth. They might be more likely to need interventions, whether they were prepared for them or not. And there's a lot of reasons for this. One is that when we don't slow down and honor pregnancy, but we just pile on the extra tasks involved in pregnancy, all the prenatal visits, getting all the baby gear gathered, filling out paperwork for the birth learning some basics about birth and newborn care, like how to push, what kind of labor positions to be in, basic comfort techniques. All these things, in my opinion, are the least important aspects of pregnancy and birth. And yet for most people, this is where nearly 100% of their focus goes. Second, when we don't honor the sacrifice and the role of blood in pregnancy, it's easier to overlook the importance of nurturing yourself and getting nurturing care from a team of people supporting your birth. What I have found in over a decade of working in the prenatal field is that nurturing is one of the most important ways to prevent complications in pregnancy and birth. And that includes things like breech position or other less optimal positions of baby, serious health conditions like preeclampsia, and even a labor that starts quote-unquote on time or what I like to say, in the time that feels right to you and your baby. Third, in general, in our modern society, we fear things that relate to life and death, that push us to think about mortality. And talking about blood and sacrifice in regard to pregnancy and birth is a trigger for that fear. But pregnancy is precisely the time to explore the cycle of life, because birth is one of these cycles, and it's part of the great cycle of life. Honoring that cycle is how we create a stronger connection with those who came before us, those who will come after, and even our connection to the greater environment that we live within. Each of us is here because of a sacrifice our mothers made, and her mother made, and her mother made, and on and on. And the same goes for the future, for your grandchildren. And if we zoom out further, we are all here as a sacrifice of the great Mother Earth, who gave us the elements that make our body, 
those elements that create our blood, so we may live upon her for our human lifetime. And this is an ultimate blessing. So how do you honor the blessings of your pregnancy and birth? Here's a few ideas to help you get started right now. One, slow down and get to know the layers of yourself. This is one of the most overlooked aspects of pregnancy care and preparing for birth. I think part of that is because it can feel like there is so much to know about pregnancy and birth, so it can feel like there's not enough time left for you. But this is the exact opposite of what I find helps women actually be confident and prepared for birth. Now, information about birth is useful in our modern birth culture, because often women have to do some aspect of advocating for themselves. But information is not actually essential for giving birth. Truly giving birth is really about feeling safe to surrender to the flow, which comes from knowing yourself, knowing how you're connected to the cycle of life, how you're connected with the living world around you, opening your senses to the life around you that nurtures you, that protects you. There are countless ways to do that. Some of the techniques that I use are breathwork, guided meditative journeys, experimenting with flavors and sounds, and there are so many others too many to list out here. So you can find different ways that will help support you in exploring those different layers of yourself. Second is to explore how you feel nurtured. As I said earlier, I believe being nurtured is one of the most important ways to prevent complications. While eating well and exercise and sleep, these are all important for physical and mental health. But there's something deeper than that to being nurtured. I'm sure most of us know someone who seemed to be healthy, ate all the right things, worked out, took supplements, still had an unexpected complication. And that can happen because it's easy to get rigid about the health stuff and not actually be nurturing yourself on all levels, something that accesses deep levels of our nervous system. Sure, you might be giving your body the nutrients it needs, which is important, but it should come easily and naturally and maybe follows what many people might call the 80-20 guideline. So you have space to nurture your wants and not only focus on your needs. Being rigid is actually an imbalance, and being an imbalance is the path to complications. This applies to all levels of our being, the physical, the mental, emotional, and spiritual. This all taps into key understandings of our nervous system, which is so influential over pregnancy and birth, which is a whole nother conversation that I will try to cover another day. So take time during your pregnancy to explore ways that you feel nurtured. What makes you feel nurtured? Who makes you feel nurtured? In the Natural Birth Compass program, my students do this through an exercise called the Compass of Nurturing. So they have a clear guide how to nurture their whole being. And when birth comes, they have a guide that shows how they can be nurtured by their birth team in the way that's best for them rather than based on what a book or a podcast told them to do, rather than what worked for other people during their birth. Because we're all unique individuals, and we all have different ways that we like to be nurtured, different things that regulate our nervous system, and different things that help us feel balanced. And that brings us to number three, explore your relationship with blood and transformation, which is essentially life and death. I know that sounds big, and here I am kind of slapping it on at the end of this episode, but it's important to remember that pregnancy and birth is a huge transformation, and you won't be the same person on the other side. And that takes preparation. Otherwise, it can catch you off guard. 
And it may be one of the biggest contributors to things like a stalled labor, to various birth complications, even a hospital transfer, since most transfers are not actually for medical needs, but because a mother gets exhausted. And that exhaustion is likely to come from the actual transformation of the birth process. Starting these steps during your pregnancy brings the blessings of pregnancy to life right now, not at the point when your baby's in your arms. If you're pregnant, your baby is already a blessing, and you are too, as you're already doing an amazing job nourishing your baby through your blood and your bloodline, blessing your baby every day as you journey together toward birth. Okay, my dear mama, I hope you enjoyed that little short wandering through the blessing of birth beyond just baby in your arms, which is a blessing, but only one part of the greater blessing of pregnancy and birth and life. I would love to hear what you feel about the blessings of birth and what you'll be working on to bring more nurturing into your pregnancy journey. DM me on Instagram at Natural Birth Compass and let me know. I love to hear from you and learn more about you and your pregnancy journey. Until next time, wishing you beautiful blessings in your day and your life and on your journey to your home birth. Thank you for listening and being open to new perspectives as we spend this time together. As always, let me know how I can support your home birth. If you have topics you want to hear about, guests you want to hear from, questions or comments to share, let me know. This podcast is always transforming and you can help shape it into something that helps thousands of families have the best pregnancy, birth, and transition into parenthood possible by leaving a comment or a review or sharing this podcast with others in your life who will benefit from our discussions. Find me on the socials at Natural Birth Compass or email me at info at naturalbirthcompass.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. Wishing you a wonderful journey to home birth.